The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And just like that, we are back. Pinpoint Health Show is uh, ready to roll. 416-870-6400 is the number to call in. And uh, get it happening if you have questions about your health. This is the uh, the hour you want to do it. And uh, Dr. Lou is here. Info at pinpointhealth.ca uh, and online. Pinpoint Health as far as uh, social is concerned. You got your Instagram. You got your Facebook. Facebook and all those good places to get information, watch videos, and uh, the visual is also so much better just to go along with the audio when it comes to learning about this stuff and your uh, and your well-being. But uh, but brother, we always start with some things that have been happening with uh, with you and around the clinics over the last week or two. What's uh, sure. what's going on? Yeah, yeah uh, so let's uh, let's talk about a few cases. I had a couple cases um, this week that I thought were particularly interesting and probably warranted some time discussing them. One of them was a, a very, very nice gentleman um, who had a long-standing scoliosis, which is a curvature in the spine, yep. um, that for a very long time wasn't bothering him. He's, he's, I believe, close to 60 right now. And for the longest time, this was never really a problem, but then finally started to provide him with some problems, uh, cr- created some degenerative changes that eventually led to uh, problems with the nerve that eventually needed surgery in order to correct it. And now the surgeries um, have been done a bunch of times. Uh, and and the effects are starting to, to sort of set in and there's long-term stuff going on. And one of the things and the reason why I bring this up is he was told once upon a time when he was younger that a scoliosis overall didn't matter. It wouldn't affect anything Long term, and and I've heard this, and and the reason why I bring it up is because I've heard this from a few professionals over the years, where they don't believe that a scoliosis will create much of an issue in the long term. Now, the first thing I think to consider with anyone that has a scoliosis is the degree of that scoliosis. Yeah. That that's an important aspect. So, in general, most of us would have a little bit of a of a curvature, and now scoliosis is. Not the normal curvatures that we look at when we're looking at somebody from the side. Those are those, that is not a scoliosis. Those are the right. normal curvatures in the spine. But if you're looking at someone straight on, and there's a curvature from left to right or anything gotcha. like that, that is yep. what a scoliosis is. Mm-hmm. Most of us will have probably a little bit, um, which is not overall significant. It is something that definitely needs to be monitored if you're under the age of 21 because your skeleton is still not mature and and things can progress. So typically when we see a child with some type of curve left to right on the body, then we would, you know, number one, x-ray that child, see what, where the curvature is at. If it is something that is more than, you know, say 20 or 25 degrees, we would probably send that for a surgical consult because surgery can be done to straighten the spine out. And at that point, that's pretty significant. In terms of being under 20 degrees, it's sort of watchful waiting and also the implementation of exercises to try to strengthen the side of the spine that is weak and try to stretch out the side that is tight. Because you can imagine if you have an S going on, the muscles that go on either side of that S, some will be under a chronic state of stretch, whereas the other ones will be under a chronic state of contraction. And so you can offload those things. So I think overall... 
scoliosis is not a big thing to worry about if it's small. But this is the point being here is you need to get a professional to look at it, number one. But even in this person's case, they had a professional look at it when they were younger and they were told that it wasn't significant. I think it's very important that this is the aspect of where, you know, the amount of knowledge that um, people have before they go into some type of doctor's office is a great thing. And I think it's important that we use that access to knowledge. So I would ask questions like, well, what is the degree of my curvature? What are the long-term complications of this? And and some of those things do matter. In fact, I have a scoliosis that's just under 20 degrees. It's about, I think last time it was measured was 17 or 18 degrees. And although it's not a surgical thing and it's not something that will probably cause me anything severe in the long run, it does cause me mechanical issues um, day to day for sure if, if I don't take care of it by doing the right things. So scoliosis is not something that's insignificant and that's the point of this conversation. It should not be ignored, especially if you're young. But even at any point in your life, if, you, if you're worried about it, you're not sure and you want to find out a little bit more, I think it's an important thing um, that you speak to your healthcare professional about it. I'm happy to see whoever uh, may want to assess that um, and see where that's at. But I think that's an important thing that we that we don't just dismiss these things and just think that, oh, that's normal. It's it's It may not be abnormal per se, but it may definitely create some wear and tear, some areas of tension that are significant. And if you know at the very least, you can intervene. And a lot of these things when it comes to spine-related pain, it's really about getting the right education. And when you have the right education, that empowers you to do the right thing. Want to talk a little more about that after we take a, a short break? Here's some time for you to call in. I saw some phone calls coming in. We'll get them uh, them sorted. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. That is the way to call in. Ask your questions. Now's the perfect time to do it. Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. You want to reach out anytime? By the way, the show is not on the air. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U or info at Pinpoint Health. Uh, .ca. We got um, lots of stuff to get through today. You know, we get back to your discussion. You're we talking about scoliosis off the top segment of the show. You said you have about a 17 degree, which is, is yeah. nothing major. You can't no. tell by looking at you. No, but no. Would that something? Is that something that could possibly get worse with age, like discs starting to degenerate or just wear and tear? Could that could that increase and then become a problem? Uh, yes, for sure. Even things like uh, some type of trauma with. Uh, you know, bone mineral density stuff. So if there's compression fractures and that leads to it, um, for sure that could that could start to progress it further. And and then the degenerative aspects, depending on where it's degenerating. But that's a long process, right? That's mm-hmm. not going to happen in in a short period of time. But yeah, that's a that's a very good point. It still is something to significantly consider as you progress through, which is why. I don't think it should be absolutely ignored. And that's probably in this individual's case exactly what happened, where it probably wasn't as bad when he was younger, but then through the process of life, he was also very active, did a lot of different things, and and the degenerative aspect that came into play may have progressed it a little bit further, but even more than progressing it, as that bone buildup happens due to degeneration, it starts maybe potentially pushing on important things like nerves, and when that happens, that's when you lead to the problem where how do you alleviate that pain? And in, and in his example, the only thing that was possible was surgery. Um, and in fact, he's had a few surgeries in order to try to to, to reverse some of the problems because, and then surgery is another level of, of controlled trauma, but that controlled right. trauma will then lead to more degeneration. So it's not really a, a, a long-term solution. It's absolutely essential for sure in a, in a case like that. 
but that doesn't mean that he, he he will be good for the rest of his life, as we can see now, is that unfortunately these things, the, the arthritic process is a progressive process, and nothing really stops it. It just keeps happening. We can definitely intervene and slow it down or reverse it to some extent with, with surgery, with spine surgery. Um, but But again, that'll eventually start to come back again. 416-870-6400 the number what's the uh what else is uh, is happening with you this week bro yeah so lots of uh back cases that that was one of the more i guess severe ones right. but you know never a shortage of the the chronic mechanical low back issues I, I i saw another person that same day that i saw that gentleman and um you know very the typical story of works at a desk all day uh her spine is very sore th- towards the end of the day on the weekends it doesn't feel bad the mornings it doesn't feel bad etc and and again this paints the picture of chronic non-specific mechanical pain which is 95 percent of back pain which we know that really the the solution in those instances is is the good rehab and you know we're having some issues with the phone line so i think let's get to these calls john um, yeah. that are coming in see if i can uh, get one over here hey there good morning welcome to the uh, pinpoint l show who am i speaking with jonathan Hey, Jonathan, what's uh, what's going on with you, pal? Oh, I'm about 36 years old. All of a sudden, I woke up one day and had a crazy pain in certain movement in my arms. Okay. And it's like originating from my elbow. I eventually went to the doctor. They said it was quote-unquote tennis elbow. Mm-hmm. And there's just nothing I can really do about it besides you know, move it as much as stuff. Well, they don't really say where it comes from, what I could do or anything. I'm just like at a standstill as far as anything I can do. Sure. So, and and so was this your family doctor that said there's nothing that you can do? It's not necessarily nothing I could do. Um, they just said you could wear like a, an elastic around your arm, try not to move it as much. Did they recommend they therapy? Uh, it, it was covered by my uh, work. So, yes. Yeah. So, so again, so they didn't tell you that there's nothing oh, that oh, you... Oh, about, we just we, we just, just uh, lost. There's just some lost. problems with the phone, but let, let's. Yeah. I can talk about the problem. So, oh yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he, you know, one of the things. Let's start with with dissecting that. Where initially yep. the conversation is, there's you know, he was told that there's nothing that can be done. Well, as soon as you investigate a little bit more, there's a lot that can be done. The choice has probably been that it hasn't been done. And so that, I think, is an important distinction. Often professionals do recommend the things, and I've seen this with patients where you can speak to them, you can tell them everything, and then people say, so there's nothing in it. And I think, you know, (laughs) there's an important component of maybe there's nothing easy, right? And I think that's often what people mean is people mean, well, I was told that there's nothing very simple that can be done to solve the problem. But there are things that for sure can be done to solve the problem. And with the initial phases of something like that, I mean, it always works the same way. The most important thing is getting the right assessment, getting a diagnosis. That diagnosis is going to is going to give us what the treatment plan will be. And once you follow through with that treatment plan, you're likely to get better. In a true case of acute tennis elbow, um, conservative measures like physical therapy and manual medicine work very, very well. So I I would encourage, uh, I think it was Jonathan, Give me a call. We'll get you in. We'll assess you. And I and I'm sure if it's if it's simply tennis elbow, there there's a lot that can be done. It may not necessarily be quick and easy, uh, right. but it, it, there's definitely things that can be done. Same thing goes with the uh, evil cousin golfer's elbow, which you know I've had both and have both. Yeah, now, it could be even more painful. One is just on the ladder, and one is on the right. medial side. It's it, they're the yeah. exact same. 
uh, pathophysiology, which is what's happening in the muscle at that point. It's just whether it's happening on the extensor side or the flexor side. So um, it's the exact same thing. It's just a different part of the arm. Trying to get these uh, phone calls sorted out here, see if we can get them happening in a minute or two as we uh, we battle with the program. But feel free to call in regardless. 416-870-6400 is the number. Locksmore, the Pinpoint Health Show is on the way. It's right here at Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And right back at it at 11.23 on a lovely but chilly Saturday morning. Pinpoint Health Show here. You want to reach out to Dr. Lou anytime that we're not here. It's uh, 1-855-55-DRLOU. Dr. Lou, real simple. And pinpointhealth.ca on social as well. I want to really get over to, uh, to Peggy here. Hi, Peggy. Thanks for hanging on. We're having some gremlins with the phone system, but we have you for now. Now, what's, uh, what's going on with you this morning? Great. I don't know. I've, the first time in my life I've ever done this, phone into a program. But, Love it. Um, I just have had um, scoliosis since I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was diagnosed, and I think that I think a lot of the things, if the doctors used to go to the doctors and when you have your physical and if they run their fingers up and down your spine they can see whether there's a problem or not happening there and I was going to a girl guide camp and the doctor this wasn't my regular doctor ran his fingers up my spine and said hey do you know you've got a crooked spine so from there my life changed I went to sick kids hospital and was put in a body cast yeah. For uh, two and a half years until I reached puberty. And then in a woman, they say when she reached puberty, her spine stops growing. But a man's spine can grow till he's about 21 or 22. So anyway, I did. I was in a body cast and I exercise. Um, I eat good, I guess. I have to be careful for um, osteoporosis. But I have played baseball. I was a pitcher. I play golf, I water skied. I've never had a problem. And touch wood to this day, I've never had a problem. But perfect. uh, A a question here. Um, Is uh, this hereditary? Potentially, yes. It's definitely something that if you've had it, um, you'd want to make sure that your kids at least. But, you know, I think the success in your story is the early detection, which is very, very important, and then following through with the other preventative measures that you've done throughout your life. Those are all things. And and, and having a scoliosis doesn't mean you can't do things, right? So, oh, so yeah. Like my spine, it, it's incredible. I do have a slight hump. I have to be very yep. careful. Yep. Um, it is a complete backward S. So it curves one way at the top, yeah. curves the other way at the bottom. Right. And like I have never had really a backache or Perfect. Any yeah. problems, but I think it scares people a little bit. This whole thing about um, scoliosis, and you know, I was worried when I got into my twenties because I thought, "Well, is this going to push my heart out of place, or is this?" Gonna- no, yeah. no, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, and I mean, that's the you know the scary stuff that people. That's just sort of when you're not overly sure and and you don't know the full extent of things this is this is not it's a mechanical issue which means it can lead to mechanical problems it also depends on what you do throughout your life so i mean you've done the right things which is why now you're not 
dealing with any major problems. And most people don't ever have any major problems, right? This this individual that I saw last week is is sort of an exception, and and I think the problem there was the lack of early detection, and and that's. And that's sort of the point that I'm trying to make is, and that, and really that's my point with, with everything. Early detection is the key, even with things out of pain and injury, when we're looking at things like heart disease and cancer, um, more and more of, of the efforts are going towards early detection because as a medical community, we're starting to figure out that the idea of potentially curing things can become more and more difficult because of how many factors are involved. But if we can intervene early and, and catch something early, we can often do a pretty good job of of, of of taking care of it from that point. And scoliosis is no different. Early detection in childhood is key. Excellent. And that, I think, is my point. Yeah. Even as a mother, you don't have to go to the doctors. You know, when you're measuring the height of your child against the wall and everything, just take your two fingers every once in a while. Yeah, I, I, would, I disagree there because I do think it's always important for a professional. I think it's important for parents, yes, to be vigilant and look for these things. But then if it's noted, you'd want a professional opinion. And you, one thing that, that is a lost art, unfortunately, is what you've just said is the idea of the palpation skills where um, doctors actually put your hands on, put their hands on you to mm-hmm. to feel your spine, things like that. That That is becoming quickly a lost art in an age of techno- technology and revolution in that sense. Um, right. So, yes, that's an important thing. And, and I think that's something that's very, very important that you can a lot of these things can be detected with physical exam which is why a lot of what i talk about week to week is that a great physical exam and a great history is is better than most imaging techniques out there and i agree with you 100 percent. okay peggy thank you thank you have a good one great call peggy appreciate uh, appreciate your time it, it's so true i mean it's it's you've how many times have you said on this show in the last you know i, don't, I lost how many times over the years that you know, we all may have some sort of rotation, some sort of scoliosis, some sort of disc degeneration, but it may never, it may be on paper your it's problem. on paper. It's but just it may, an it may, incidental yeah, it crop finding. up. Yeah, yeah it's it might an, not cause you any problems. Yeah, well, the, the worst part about that is thinking, you know, I had another case this week of an individual who I've seen before for a shoulder problem. Um, it's degenerative in nature, for sure. They're an older person, so they have degenerative things going on in that shoulder. And, you know, the I've suggested that they rehab it, they do the right therapy, and that they should be able to manage their issue. Um, someone, they were sent for an x-ray, and, and the x-ray showed that there was slight degeneration in, in the bones, which, again is not surprising to me, which is why I didn't send them for an x-ray. The family doctor finally did, and now the family doctor has said, well, we're going to refer you to a surgeon, and that patient has called me and said, you know, I think I have to do surgery, and it's like, no, you don't. You will not need surgery for something like that, for simple degenerative changes that happen. Your problem is mechanical, Uh, and you know, this is why surgeons are often frustrated because, and and you know what, I'm not blaming the, the primary care provider, the family doctor, because they're inundated with every single problem out there and and their their job is not to be experts at treating everything so they they then send it off to the experts uh but that's really what creates a a lot of the backlog in our system is referrals like that that eventually are not gonna that that surgeon is gonna see them 
and is going to say, this is not surgical. There's nothing I could do for you. Go back to your family doctor, go get therapy, go do the conservative measures, the things that I talk about here, right? And and the people that work in those conservative conservative arenas like chiropractors, physiotherapists, these people can, can assess these problems and determine whether it should be something eventually going to surgery or not. So I encourage most people before you jump to the highest level of specialist in a, in an, it, you know, you may want to see your chiropractor yeah. or physiotherapist first. We'll take a uh, short one here, get uh, some time to get the phone banks happening and up. you got lots of time to call in still with your questions, just like Peggy. you got a comment, bring it on 416-870-6400, the Pinpoint House Show on Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And 11.33, right back at it, Pinpoint Health Show, 416-870-6400 is the way to uh, reach out, info at pinpointhealth.ca. After the show's not on, and you can always reach out to Dr. Lou, 1-855-55-DRLOU, and make sure to check out Pinpoint Health on social media like Instagram and Facebook as well. Yeah. So I mean, with the with that last call and, and the way the last segment ended about the imaging versus physical exam, I, I think that's something we've spoken about a lot. But I, I really want to take the time again to really go through that again. The, the reliance on these special imaging techniques, right? So let's use the example of low back pain okay. and the amount of MRIs that happen for low back pain are often not warranted. Um, it's not something that provides much more information than a good clinical ex- exam. In certain cases, yes, it might be very, very important, but those cases where it becomes very, very important are very, very rare. And low back pain is something that you know 80% of the population has. So 80% of the population does not need an MRI for their low right. back pain. Out of that 80%, there's probably 1% or 2% of those people who are dealing with something more than just mechanical back pain, and those people will likely need an MRI. So the reliance on this type of imaging, and this is, again, the the going back to the primary health care provider being inundated, not necessarily knowing the best approach and the latest things in that because they're not just dealing with one realm, they're dealing with everything. But it also falls back on the patient where patients will come in and say, this is what I need. I need to go for an MRI. This is, I, I have low back pain. It just started last week. I want to get an MRI. And that's, and that's a difficult conversation for healthcare providers to have because, and I go through this a lot of the times where I'm really trying to tell people, you don't need that. And, and, in, and that's an important thing, especially in a public system where we're just wasting money on these things that are not needed. And there's a lot of efforts happening right now in the in the OHIP system to to diminish this type of of waste, especially for say something like MRIs for low back pain, it is not something that provides much more information. You mu- would be better served by see- seeing someone who would give you a proper, thorough history and thorough physical exam in terms of figuring out your problem than someone who just sees you, hears that you have low back pain, and sends you for an MRI because MRIs come back with a lot of things because we all have some level of abnormality and even if it's not abnormal the things that you read on an MRI all sound very scary and so the the problem becomes is deciphering what is clinically significant and what is not clinically significant and so this reliance on just imaging 
is not a good thing. And I encourage this is mainly a show for the public, for the patients. So I encourage you that if you have low back pain and you're right away running to your doctor's office asking for an MRI, you're probably doing the wrong thing. If you need an MRI, your doctor will know when it's warranted, when when that special imaging technique is going to provide a level of information that can't be um, assessed through a physical exam in history. And so this is an important thing, and, and that waste in the system is huge, and we need to do a better job both on the healthcare professional side and on the patient side to stop this reliance on these types of uh, techniques that don't provide the information that we'll need, or at the very least, the information that's needed to get people better. Well, you brought up uh, an interesting question there. So you as a clinician, how do you whittle it down? Okay, so 80% of us have some sort of mechanical back. Trust me, I know you and I both know especially. (laughs) So now maybe of that 1% or 2% of the 80%, some of those need to go further to an MRI. How do you, through examination as a clinician, get down to that 1%? Great question, yeah. So a lot of these things, number one, it's looking at a lot of parameters. So any type of red flag, right? Red flags for healthcare professionals are things that might indicate that something worse is going on. So let's use this example. Let's say someone came in and said they developed, you know, new low back pain about a week, a week and a half ago, even two, three weeks. And in that same period of time, they've been breaking out in random fevers. They've had a lot of weight loss that they haven't been trying to do. They have things like night sweats. They overall feel unwell. These are symptoms. Those are those other symptoms are what we would call red flag symptoms, right? Where we think, well, hang on a sec, mechanical back pain, just simple you know, mechanical structures should not be creating fever, should not be causing someone to lose weight or have night sweats. That would probably warrant something in terms of history findings. There's also probably when we're looking at mechanical back pain versus inflammatory back pain. So let's say we're hearing somebody and we're considering you know, this person might have something like ankylosing spondylitis and we want to assess the SI joints to see if there's any inflammation going on there. We might send for that in the way we listen for in the history for inflammatory back pain is a little complicated for me to just go through in the radio. But again, this is why professionals are important. But now let's get to the physical exam. Mm -hmm. Let's say we get to the physical exam and all of a sudden there is Especially, let's go to the neurological exam. So the nerves in your low back go into your legs. Nerves have primarily three functions. They they have a, a reflex. So everybody knows that if you hit your kneecap, your leg shoots up. That is what's called the reflex. There's also the power, so the strength in your legs. And then there's also the sensation, so you can feel. So we can do specific testing to actually look for if there's a problem in one of those three areas. And so let's say somebody, all of a sudden, we had someone with low back pain, very acute, very severe. Severity is another thing, right? So how severe the pain is. Let's say we had somebody who had a week ago or two weeks ago, same scenario, very severe back pain from doing something. All of a sudden, we're looking at them and and we're objectively testing that neurological exam. And we see that a reflex is diminished on one side. There's loss of power and loss of sensation. That tells us that the nerve is likely implicated. That would likely warrant an MRI. So this is why the, the history where we can talk to someone and do our detective work. And then finally, when we get into the physical exam, we have special tests that will tell us when there's something more important going on uh, than just simply mechanical pain. And so, again, it's a great question because out of that 80% of the population, that one or two that really does need it is not something that you're going to figure out on your own. That's where a good healthcare professional is going to be the one that figures that out and, and points you in the right direction. 
416-870-6400. That is the number. you still got some time here to ask your questions. That's a simple question. Look the uh, look at the answer you get. So bring it on if you have some of your own. We'll continue on here. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. And you want to get a hold of uh, Dr. Lou anytime, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, pinpointhealth.ca. And you can uh, search that on social media like Instagram and Facebook as well, pal. Yes, yeah. Please follow me on on one of those two things, yeah. like you said at the top of the show. Uh, lots of great things on there uh, to sort of complement what we do here on the radio, um, giving the visual aspect of a lot of things and some cool cases that we see. Uh, I think most recently, um, Adam Wade, Dr. Wade, who's um, the head uh, chiropractor in our new market clinic, uh, has been seeing somebody with a couple fractures and sort of showed what the the symptoms will look like on, you know, when you're just observing from the outside, but also showed the x-ray results. The x-rays, and, yeah. yeah, and of course we get patients consent on these things to share this stuff, but I think it provides valuable insight for people if you're ever wondering, because especially with the foot, a lot of people hurt their foot and they stop and they think, did I fracture this maybe? Did I not fracture this? Um, and sort of what do I do? But there are some hints that you can observe if there's really bad swelling. I, I, you know, I mean, going back to imaging and, and sort of talking about what we're talking about now and tying it in, one of, the, one of the things that I think where imaging is warranted a lot of the time is trauma, right? So if you have really bad trauma, you should probably get some type of imaging. So, you know, I'm always surprised when I hear people. I had an, uh, an individual that the other day who was saying, I forget how he did it, but essentially he had a hammer and he hit his kneecap. He was trying to strike something else. Someone moved something and he eventually hit his kneecap. Oh, um, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, that would oh, hurt. I like, feel it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, 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 and I mean, like, and then, you know, I was like, oh, my God, did, did you ever go get that checked out? No, I sort of left it. I mean, it's like those are the instances where you'd want to have imaging, where you'd want to have an X-ray to see if there was potentially a fracture in there. And if so, like at the very least knowing that it's healing and things like that. So that that's important. Even people that have chronic foot issues that are not getting better right around the bones of the foot, it might be important to get imaging. Like, you know, here's another thing going back to low back pain. If the low back pain has been going on for longer than three months, that's actually when imaging would probably be more warranted. And most often people want the imaging, you know, in the first three days after something happens. But those are the times that it often doesn't provide a lot of information and that those things will often settle down through conservative measures. But definitely if it's been something that's longstanding and progressing and getting worse and sticking around for a long time into that chronic phase, that's where that imaging becomes important. So I'm always sort of surprised when when people with trauma, and I think we've had a few calls over the years where people have called in and they described a pretty significant trauma. And then, you know, I've asked, did you ever have imaging on that? And the answer was no. And I'm, and then that, that's always taken me by surprise. I think if there's significant trauma, you would want to get imaging just to make sure that everything is okay. That's, that's an important thing for sure. I'm still not over the hammer on the kneecap. I yeah, that would that would hurt like hell. Yeah, that would hurt like hell, for sure, a hundred percent. But I mean, some people are tough and they can they yeah. can take it. But I, I would have still I would have still gotten gotten the. I fell on my kneecap once and and oh. and I got an X-ray because I thought I Man. I shattered it. But I'm a bit of a wimp sometimes. <laughs> but it's you know it kind of kind of goes full circle about where you talked about the healthcare system and the overtaxing because there's overtaxing in the healthcare system. Someone you know bangs their head off a dashboard or hits their knee with a kneecap. 
they're like, you know, maybe you should maybe get that MRI. They're like, I'm not waiting three months for an MRI. Screw it. I'm just going to continue on with life. And unfortunately, that's a reality because people, because yeah. it's an overloaded system. Therefore, people won't get scans when they should get scans because a lot of the times being taken by people who don't necessarily need it. Yeah. And I mean, I think something like in, in head trauma, you're not going to have to wait that long. We can definitely expedite things when they're urgent. Um, an emergency. So, you know, if you if you present it to the hospital with significant head trauma, mm. you, they would send you probably for a CAT scan, not not an MRI because okay. of the, the amount of time. But you can definitely, those are those instances where that would be warranted right away. Um, but, you know, I don't think in general people think about the waste on the healthcare system. I think you're right where a lot of people may not want to get imaging for more chronic things because they sit there and say like, Oh, it's what you just said. Oh, it's going to take for, I had somebody call this week and it was a similar conversation for surgery. I've been scheduled for surgery, but it's not until next September. I don't even know if I want to do it. Right. And so, yeah, you know, and, and I think you're right. I think people are frustrated with the system, but that the point there is not to, you know, cancel your appointments and not get stuff done. But if we could all be better educated and make better choices on how we utilize our our healthcare system then i think we could solve a lot of these problems and again i think this falls on both the healthcare practitioners um who can order these tests but it also falls on the population because you, pretend you're a doctor john and someone's coming to you and they're saying and you, they're almost being forceful that they need something you, you sometimes will just give in and and give them what they sure. want just to sort of shut them up right yep. so so i think that is something that people need to be better educated on and really understand the research that we would not be implementing this if we thought it was doing harm like the you know some people think well you just don't want to send because it costs money and it's like no that that's not the point it actually doesn't help obviously if something costs money but it's vital the the system always does it right and that's the example of what i just said if you went into an emergency room yeah. with significant head trauma they wouldn't say well you know there no you would go for that imaging because it's important to make sure that there's nothing that is an emergency happening so i think i think we need to just understand that when when in the system and, and there's people doing research on these things all the time, when we sort of come up with algorithms on what provides um, better outcomes, we're doing it for a reason, to actually provide better outcomes. We're not trying to screw anybody over. And so that's an important aspect that I think needs to be considered. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny because you wouldn't walk into your mechanic and say, yeah, no, I need a transmission, fix it. No, he's going to throw it up on the hoist first and have a look for himself. He's 100%. not going to just go by your order and replace half of your no, car. No, I know, right? but it's, it's a frustrating thing with healthcare. Yeah. A lot of people come in already thinking they know what they need, right? And so right. that that can be a challenge. You got a few minutes still. This is your uh, last shot at it. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. 416-870-6400. That is the number of the Pinpoint Health Show. Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back at it. Pinpoint Health Show reaching out when we're not on the air. It is uh, info at pinpointhealth.ca, 1-855-55-DR-L-O-U. D-R-L-O-U. But always our uh, phone calls have top priority and uh, we'll get to one hi welcome to the pinpoint health show hi there who am i speaking with jack hi jack jack has gone bye-bye i don't hear jack jack should be I there i see the number there but... i see the number there but i don't hear jack we'll see if we can get him uh get jack back so yeah. uh yeah so anyway yeah a few minutes to go pal what's up 
Yeah, oh, I lost my train of thought. I was thinking about what the call potentially was. I what know. Does it say there, Jack. Potential problems for and what's that from be? radiation. Oh, so the okay. the question seems to be about potential uh, problems from radiation. I guess with imaging is the question, and I think we spoke about this actually a few weeks ago with uh, with radiation. I mean, there's always a cost and uh, cost benefit. Okay. analysis that needs to be made for any test that happens. I mean, something like an MRI has no radiation whatsoever, but obviously x-rays and CAT scans do. Um, but when you consider what the potential, you know, if you're sending for those imaging techniques for fun all the time, then, you know, that's probably not the right thing to do. If you send for them because it's an important thing that you need to assess, then I know a respirologist who routinely people that have COPD, the, the gold standard of care is that every two years, I believe it is, they have to go for a chest CT scan. And I was speaking with him once and I said, you know, what, what do you think about the amount of radiation um, that happens with that type of, because a CT scan of the chest is probably the equivalent of, I want to say about 500 x-rays. And Wow, really? Yeah, it's quite a bit. Because that's all an, a CT scan is just a bunch of x-rays that's happening over and over again and then being put into a computer to create a 3D image. Wow. Yeah. And so he basically said to me, what, because radiologists use this gold standard, they've done research on it. And it increased the risk of some type of malignancy by, I think, of 1% or 1.5% in 25 years from the date that it's done. So... The point being is that there's very little risk, and these people that have COPD are probably older individuals, call it 60, 70 years old, that need to get this stuff assessed um, yearly just to see where they're at. And sorry, this wasn't for COPD. This was assessing for any type of lung pathology like cancer or anything like that. So to increase the risk of, to them by of, of something like a malignancy in 25 years from that date— it's sort of worth the risk, right, is the point that I'm making. Now, would we want to send, you know, a young kid for CT scans right off the bat? No, which is why healthcare professionals, especially people dealing in the pediatric world, are much less likely to rely on imaging right away because we understand that these things probably have some type of a negative or a very small potential trade-off, negative trade-off long-term. But someone who's, you know, three or four years old 25 years from there, is, they're still going to be relatively you young. Bet. So yeah. so I think, again, this is where healthcare professionals, where they do their due diligence. I mean, every time, if I'm ever going to refer someone for something like an x-ray, I'm always considering, well, you know, who the person is, what the potential risk of it, the other times that they may have had these things done. Uh, but I think if it's warranted, it's warranted. So it's something that needs to, to be analyzed in the right way. Jack, you there? Now I'm trying them again. Hi, yeah. Jack. Yeah, hey, hi. good. Go hi. ahead, Bill. Yeah. yeah, hi. Um, I had, uh, I had uh, my PSA went up to somewhere over five one day. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was 70 at the time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the doctor sent me for a, um, a biopsy, which came back. It said I had a four-millimeter tumor. Gleason of four plus three made seven, so it was aggressive and uh, I felt like Superman at the time. I was working out five days a week. I was doing great. I have a, a young, happy wife relationship. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so listen, um, they wanted to know if I wanted the prostate out or radiation, and uh, that if I had to, ra- if I didn't have it, uh, I'd die. 
So right. anyway, uh, uh, so four months later, I'd gone on uh, cannabis oil. I drank a jag of tea and so on and so forth. I go back in, and they want to know what I want to do. And they took a, a uh, an MRI four months later. And uh, I said, what the MRI show? Oh, well, it wasn't clear and whatnot. Okay, so I go for the radiation. I saw through the radiation. Nine months later, I start bleeding front, back, really bad. Uh, then I decided to look at the MRI that I wasn't given, and it showed that uh, there is absolutely no indication of cancer. In, and the imaging contradicts the findings of the uh the biopsy, and that uh, the only imaging that showed so up. So, Jack, the in the interest of time, what's the question? Why would I not be shown an MRI by my doctor? And I, ca- given I can't answer why someone did something or did not do something. What I can tell you is that the biopsy is more important than the imaging in terms of, of assessing and coming to a diagnosis. So, um, you know, if, if the biopsy showed that there was malignancy, that is probably more certain than an image, but I can't I can't comment on why someone did something or not. I'd encourage you to speak to that individual. Jack, appreciate the final call for the day. We will be back here next week, and of course, reaching out now that we're done. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U and info at paincare. Uh, pardon me at pinpointhealth.ca is the way to go. And make sure follow on social. Get some of those videos and some of that information in you. Instagram, Facebook as well. Pinpoint Health is the way to go. We'll talk to you next time right here. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.